evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I don't like doing shows about things like this. I do believe in honoring people, but it bothers me when someone that young, 46 years old is pretty young, Joey Jordison, Jordanson, I'm sorry, Joey, of Slipknot, formerly of Slipknot. He was a good drummer. I didn't know him personally. But when you listen to these bands and you become a part of that circle, I love the energy of Slipknot. Slipknot, people can make fun of them, and that's fine. And I was not particularly fond of their last album. That's just my opinion. And I remember Corey Taylor once saying that after they lost Paul Gray... In a way, all hope is gone. It was almost prophetic, and that's a scary thing to say. And that was the last thing that he and Joey played on. So I want to honor Joey Jordanson Jordanson, tonight. Played with Metallica. He filled in for so many different bands. But everyone knew him as the drummer in Slipknot. And I want to, there was something very profound on Twitter. I got, I got to give credit where credit is due. So George, thank you. George Strombolopoulos, who is the, I mean, the Pied Piper of heavy music, but really good, passionate music. And he posted something very beautiful, and I, w- I want to heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of bandmates of Joey Jordanson. J- Jordanson. He was such a cr- uh, crucial part of an incredible accomplishment. A ferocious drummer, always engaged and genuinely connected to what the knot stood for, who his fans were. Oh, I love this. See, this is why I wanted to read this. First of all, I want to say his name right. Am I saying it right? Let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope you all are doing wonderful tonight. When I saw this today, it truly broke my heart. Like I said, when you listen to the music, you feel like you know them. Joey Jordison. Okay. Now, Max... Um, Jay Weinberg is currently the drummer of Slipknot. Owes Joey big time. Joey really put he put the he put those drums into Slipknot. When you everything about Slipknot is heavy. It could be love, hate, or beauty, hate, disgust. It's all that stuff in one. Joey Jordanson's signature masks were inspired by his mom, who once came home from a Halloween party with a blank Japanese kabuki mask. Its emotional stare struck a chord with him, and he adopted it for Slipknot. So thank you, George, for posting that. And, um... It's tough. It's tough when someone that good dies and, and and that young think of it 20 years ago Aaliyah died 
it's it's sad. Just think, she'd be in her 40s right now. So, Joey. Respect, man. We're going to talk about a film tonight. I just wanted to give respect to Joey. As a Slipknot fan, I listened to Before I Forget on my way home from work today. Ferocious man. Rest in peace. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast last night was truly a treat to talk about a filmmaker that I absolutely love and that's Stanley Kubrick and life a life in pictures which is such a powerful documentary these these characters that we love and then they leave us and we honor them and they uh, there's always that relevance with them there's so much relevance in Stanley Kubrick as was there in Joey Jordanson of, of Slipknot whom I honor tonight at the beginning of the show I thought what kind of a film there's so many great films out there so many I was watching the short film with Gary Oldman where he plays the devil and James Brown plays James Brown and Clive Owen is his driver and James Brown goes to the devil because he's it's Satan and he's like you know I want to renegotiate the tr- contract and he's like I'm aging I'm aging man and, and you know Gary Oldman no kidding huh I want to renegotiate the contract and then I, I think I have the clip it, it's a funny clip it's a funny clip I, I personally think Gary Oldman should play. I mean, he played Dracula. Come on. Isn't that a wild movie? That Francis Ford Coppola would make Dracula. And very sexual. I mean, there's that wolf getting it on with Lucy. The Sadie Frost, I think that's her name. Yeah. This this came out in 2002, 20, almost 20 years ago. It's called Beat the Devil. Here's here's a here's a taste. This is so funny though. If I can boot it up for you. Yep, he delivered all right. <laughs> I was thinking about film. I want to give a shout out to the LNC, specifically Meg, who showed us this really great artwork. And it made me think, hey, if we could all make a movie, and hey, anything's possible with this technology. I'd love to tell the story of Robert Johnson. I think we've all heard it. It is the oldest story in the book of popular music. Although I heard Patti Smith once talk about that cake. Cake. 
and and because uh, she was in San Francisco, and at the time when I saw her, and someone offered her a cake, and she didn't know if she should eat it because I, I don't know, it it had probably some hallucinogenic prospects. <laughs> Who knows? Films are so magical in that aspect that we can talk about them just as I talked about very gleefully Stanley Kubrick last night there are so many of his films that I love some of them that I can't stand I'm not a big fan of Full Metal Jacket I'm just not I don't know why well I do know why because it kind of hits home I let's just say I would never watch it in the house if my father's here he does not like war films I don't blame him He one time said to us, that's glorifying it. What he saw was totally different. And that's true about about film. It's an escape. I mean, he used to show Barbarella to the troops, you know, because Jane Fonda, you get a seat of boob. Come on. Come on. This is before she was an actual boob for doing what she did. And she claims to have apologized. So, hey, hey, I still watch her films. I, I really enjoy Barbarella, you know? Yeah. That's why we, I, I rally you all here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast to talk about film and to talk about music. <sighs> yeah. Film is such a beautiful escape. And I hadn't watched Clerks in a long time. And there's a beautiful, it came out the same year as Pulp Fiction. Miramax, you know, this was this was the year of the indie, okay? Yeah, you had Forrest Gump, but the indie. I've talked about Pulp Fiction on many, many occasions. Pulp Fiction really, it was the one movie that I think I had nausea after watching it. It's true. I probably was coming down with something. I don't know. I do remember, though, feeling that nausea. Also, when he has to... St- Dab her with the needle. I, it's like Jaws. Remember Jaws? Last night they were watching Jaws too, and it took me back to Jaws, the first Jaws, where the little boy gets eaten. That forever scared the shit out of me. It just did. Everyone else gets eaten, you know. Quinn got eaten. That kind of bothered me though. That was so kind of messy. And then you, and then you told it's a movie. It's not real. And maybe that's where I wanted to be a filmmaker is. Knowing that, okay, that's not a real shark in Jaws. It's Bruce, the animatronic shark that kept breaking down. But in a way, that added kind of a Hitchcockian feel to Steven Steven Spielberg is a big cinephile. A cinephile is someone who eats, breathes, loves, probably makes love to film. Okay? Unless you're Howard Hughes. (sighs) Yeah. A A cinephile. A cinephile. It's not a bad word. It's a cinephile. Martin Scorsese's right there. Even there's so many great directors who have gone on to film preservation, which is so important. It's not just about your films. It's about the films that inspired you that came before all of us. Back then, they were known as Nickelodeons. And Stanley Kubrick talked about that last night. And his speech where he he was receiving the D.W. Griffith Award at the from the Directors Guild of America. 
Stanley Kubrick never won a directing Oscar. He won a special effects Oscar for Space Odyssey 2001. Which came out 90, 92 years ago. 92. <laughs> 52 years ago. See how we're jumping ahead? 92. Yeah, in 60 years we'll talk about that. That would be funny if I'm still doing this show and I'm like 100 and something. Anything can happen, especially at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. There's always a little bit of magic to what we talk about. I was talking to the LNC tonight, and we were talking about birthdays, and I've always joked and said that had I been born on December 7th, I could have you know, said, oh yeah, I was born the same day as Tom Waits. But I was born on December 6th, same day as Dave Brubeck, the legendary musician, you know, the song Take Five. Peter Buck of R.E.M. And of course, drumroll, Endora from Bewitched. Agnes Moorhead herself. And I thought, besides Endora, Agnes was in a film that scared the bejesus out of a lot of people. Her hairdo, I'm sure, scared uh, very prissy and prim Olivia de Havilland. And, um... Here we go. The winners of five prior Academy Awards and 21 Academy nominations now bring you suspense unequaled in the history of the screen. Shock that will leave you speechless. God, what have you done? trying to find the clip because all it is is trailers and shit although Olivia de Havilland she does tend to overact she's like you wretched wretched idiot like someone put soap on her but Agnes Moorhead oh I just felt an earthquake oh was that me <laughs> Maybe I've always joked that uh oh here we go here we go Have you ever been adored by your very own harem, Mr. West? And I should add a harem whose dainty little hands can be adjusted from an adoring embrace to an... And so I thought, let's, since I can't find the clip, Agnes Moorhead is really known for this. Carpet in front of Gladys Kravitz. Dancing on the ceiling. 
turning himself into a 20-foot balloon. Darren, I know you have every right to complain. I'm not complaining. I'm not... Yes, I am. He's been here, what, three days? Talk about influencing the baby. And what he does to me, that I'm not too crazy about either. <laughs> Life is the lovelier your mother becomes. If I had to choose between the two, I'd take Andorra any day. The man has come to his senses at last. He finally appreciates the real me. Mother, you're back. Naturally. You didn't think I'd stay away and let that ridiculous excuse for a warlock exert his outrageous influence on my grandchild, did you? And I want to thank you for your compliment, Darwin. Darren! Yeah, it's right. Darwin. <laughs> Look at him. He's practically cakewalking down the street. Oh, he's such an exhibitionist. Mother, what am I going to do? I don't want to hurt his feelings. I love him, but I can't let him take over Tabitha. The chances of that happening have been eliminated. They have? How? Oh, your mother is here. Need I say more? Yeah, yeah, much more. What does that mean? It means from this moment on, I'm going to watch over Tabitha and protect her from that over-animated orangutan. <laughs> I've decided to move into that house on the corner. What corner? That one. The house on the corner across the street. There's no house on that corner. It's a vacant lot. It was a vacant lot. Look again. And with Agnes Moorhead, there's always magic. So whenever I would feel down about December 6th, I would think, well, cheer up, because you share it with Agnes Moorhead. Born December 6th, 1900. Oh, yeah. Let's talk to someone who worked with Agnes. I also saw you give a brilliant performance opposite Agnes Moorhead in a TV drama that I think was called Channing. And I just wanted to ask you, when you look back at all the great people that you've worked with, such as Miss Moorhead, which one would you say taught you the most about acting? Agnes Moorhead, we, we were doing a, a TV, right? And uh, I was mystified. I'm, I'm behind the camera and I'm acting my head off. And she's, you know, she doesn't need me. <laughs> she's got her own stuff going on. And what I see is her dialogue. The camera's there, right there. Boop, 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 boom, boom. She, she, she's not even trying to reach me. <laughs> and that mystified me until I, I learned more about film acting. Uh, most of us are dedicated to supporting our fellow actors by getting behind the camera and giving them as the best performance we can. There's never seen, but she didn't need it. I guess her years in TV, it just said, why rely on it? If you can do it by yourself, just do it by yourself. <laughs> what was your other question? No, um, well, I just wanted to ask, um, who would you say taught you the most about acting? What other actor who you worked opposite taught you a lot or the most about acting. Nobody d deliberately tries to teach you anything. Oh. You, you you can observe stuff and try to make something of it. And mm -hmm. That's what I made of Agnes Moore. Oh, she was wonderful, but uh, I just learned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Agnes was legendarily in Citizen Kane, the movie that has stirred so much controversy. He pl- she played Kane's mother. I'll sign those papers now, Mr. Thatcher. You people seem to forget that I'm the boy's father. It's going to be done exactly the way I told Mr. Thatcher. There ain't nothing wrong with Colorado. I don't see why we can't raise our own son just because we can into some money. If I want, I can go to court. A father has a right to. A boarder that beats his bill and leaves worthless stock behind. That property is just as much my property as anybody's, now that it's valuable. And if Fred Graves had any idea all this was going to happen, He'd have made out those certificates in both our names. However, they were made out in Mrs. Kane's name. He owed the money for the board to the both of us. The bank's decision on all matters... I don't hold with signing my boy away to any bank as guardian. I want you to stop all this nonsense. The bank's decision on all matters concerning his education, his places of residence, and similar subjects is to be final. The idea of a bank being the guardian. I want you to stop all this nonsense, Jim. We will assume full management of the Colorado load, of which I repeat, Mrs. Kane, you are the sole owner. Where do I sign this statue? Right here, Mrs. Kane. Mary, I'm asking you for the last time. Anybody think I hadn't been a good husband? The sum of fifty thousand dollars a year is to be paid to you and Mr. Kane as long as you both live, and thereafter to the survivor. Well, let's hope it's all for the best. It is. Legendary, never imitated. Well, yes, yeah, she was never duplicated as a clone. Wouldn't that be a Rick and Morty sketch? The luminous Agnes Moorhead, or Endora, as many of us know her. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 